Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good morning, and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Barbara Eldridge, your host for Trend Setting Women. And our topic today, let's let go and move forward. But our leading lady that's going to be with me today is Dr. Judith Greer, Essex, with the Expressive Arts Institute. Good morning, Greer. Good morning, Barbara. Thank you for having me. Oh, this is exciting for me. You know, we use, I use the word in your title of your business of expressive arts, and I know you've been yeah. working with people in that for over 30 years, but would you explain to me and, and our, our listeners as to what is expressive arts and how is it used to enhance one's life and who's using it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I'd love to. Um, when I say expressive arts, I mean, art that is used uh, in a personal way for anybody, everybody, young and old, to express themselves. It's not fine art. We're not painting a masterpiece or dancing a a great ballet, but we are moving, uh, enacting, making music, painting and sculpting and writing in order to understand what's going on within us and then to use what we, what we create to actually, title of, of our uh, show today, to move forward. Very often people don't really know what's going on within them. They have, uh, they have symptoms of anxiety or depression or this or that, and they feel stuck, but they don't really know what's going on and how to change it. And the arts really, and when done in this way, uh, can really be a great resource for creating the life that uh, that a person wants. Well, I I really believe you know that that sounds like something after having come through all this COVID stuff that has opened up a market for you. So who are you? Well, who are who are who are you enhancing with this? Um, expressive arts um, program. Yeah, um, thank you. Um, actually, right now I am mostly teaching the people who will be doing the work, but in my career I've worked with, really, Barbara, so many populations. I've worked in hospitals, both um, mental health and med surge. I've worked children, worked with a lot of adolescents, Many, many women. In fact, I would say women um, are my core client, but that means um, young women going from high school to college or women having their first baby or women entering menopause or retirement, women getting married, women getting divorced, women running business. I've worked with a lot of business owners, 
and have done executive coaching both here and in Europe. Um, so the arts belong to everyone, and everyone can make art that is satisfying for them. It doesn't, it doesn't have to look like a masterpiece. It just has to express what that person wants or needs to explore. Does that make sense to you? That that does, and I I guess that's probably why you also um, also certific offer certification to people like you know what uh, psychologists and psychiatrists and stuff like that. Absolutely, some of my students are coming in to um, get their master's degrees, but some of my students already have PhDs or whatever, licensing in whatever field, but they want to add the arts because the arts can speak about things that are very difficult to say in words. You know, you have a feeling, but it's hard to articulate in words, and the arts can help bridge that gap. So when when a person is moving from their own inner impulse or or painting or drawing, um, they begin to release and let flow the emotion that they are unable to express. And things are revealed. That's all I can say. Things are revealed and you never know what because every single person is different. No two of us are alike. Yeah. Really? (laughs) I don't, yeah, I don't have formulas like, if this woman is opening a business and that woman is opening a business, they would each be treated individually in a bespoke way. Wow. So, you know, I, you know, I have, I, to, I have to, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I create an experience for each person um, based on who they are and what they need at the time. I also work with groups, and I've worked with uh, women's organizations and such and do group work. That's one of my favorite things to do. But you were going to ask me something? Well, you know, I, I have to tell you, I, yesterday I was with a group of people that I did not know. We were all together at a friend's house doing vision boards. And I can honestly say oh, yeah. I watched some of these people that had no idea what they were supposed to be doing. But as they started to pull out pictures, and so I hear what you're saying. It really, you know, they were able to express what what they were trying to figure out for their lives to move forward with. It yeah. was really, really interesting. I hadn't realized, you know, how much what you do would affect something like that. I'm so glad you had that experience, Barbara, because... It is it, it is on the edge of a, the ineffable. If a person hasn't had the experience, it's quite difficult to explain it. But once, you know, our ancestors, all of us, had this aesthetic uh, bent, and we still retain that. So, uh, you know, when you offer people the opportunity, in this case, in your case, to make a collage, they see that they're, oh, this one is interested in the tree, but that one is interested in the, in the picture of the car. And, and as they work and work, their collages, I'm sure, were very different, right? Totally, totally. Uh-huh. I even, yeah. I even walked around and, and, and I just turned the, the 
somebody had a couple of colored pages and I turned one of the pages so that it wasn't, you know, straight up and down and she went, Oh my God. You know, it just, it brought out something in her that was, you know, kind of, I stepped back. I thought, well, it just looked a little better. <laughs> so yes, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. you know, I can imagine what it does for you. You had mentioned to me when we talked earlier, um, about an exercise that you did with a group and you said there was, it was a fun one. Um, how talking relates to the creative arts. Can you share a little bit more about that, if you remember? <laughs> Gosh, Barbara, I'm sorry that I don't uh, I don't remember quite what you're referring to. You said uh, you said it was you said it was an example of how someone who can't process things intellectually can move forward, and that you said it was a funny thing about how to talk. I think that's how how it came out. It was in one of the sessions you had you had conducted. Well, may, if it doesn't if it doesn't come back, I'm sure you have another example of of how the creative arts relates in a specific uh, exercise that you do. Well, people, I, I don't remember the example, Barbara, but that's because I have thousands. You know, um, <laughs> uh, sorry people, about that. When working, that's okay. When people are working with me. I ask them at the beginning of the session, whether it's an individual, a couple, or a group, um, or even a great team, what is it that you want to get out of this this uh, work that we're about to do? And so they have a kind of focus. But then we leave that, and uh, and we go into the art making purely, not trying to illustrate uh, what we think might be the solution, because, you know, Barbara, if you had the solution, you would just do that. <laughs> People come to me and, and, and use me when they have a problem, but they really don't know the solution. And so when we enter into a pure creative art-making experience, various resources are revealed. Um, even what doesn't work can be a resource. So let's say, for example, um, that the, the woman whose who's, uh, paper you tipped. And so right. when we, if I were there and I would look at that and that, and that uh, excited her and interested her and she liked it, then at the end of the session I might ask her, well, where, where in your life do you need to lean a little bit? Do you need to tip? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? To yes, ask her yes. to take what she learned on the collage and apply it to her situation. Sometimes we need to lean into something a bit. Sometimes we need to lean on somebody a little bit. Sometimes if we're too ramrod straight, we're going to miss something that's exciting and interesting for us. So the, the art is a metaphor, the art is a metaphor, and it speaks in metaphoric language. So tip the paper, what needs to tip in your life? That's a pretty wow. crude example, but, but <laughs> I think you understand what I'm saying. Sometimes <laughs> someone will make a big mess. Let's say you're working with watercolors. They're very loose, and they can run uh-huh. all over the place. <laughs> And um, that can be a little frightening because they're hard to control. But at the end of the session, we might say, and of course I'm making all this up, but you, I might <laughs> say, well, what, what do you need to let go of? 
what do you, you can't control everything. So are there things in order to move forward that you need to just let them flow? And, of course, I'm asking questions, open-ended questions. I don't know what the answer would be. (laughs) But almost always someone does have a response that makes sense to them in terms of their life that, that I wouldn't know. Oh. And and you're not you're not there to analyze that. You're there just to help them bring that out. Yes, although we do a thing called aesthetic analysis. I never, I think what you're inter- uh, referring to would be I would call an interpretation. So I Correct. would never say the leaning paper is thus or so in your life, or the blue <laughs> represents your sadness or something. No, 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 no. Uh, human beings are so complex that even with all my experience, I can't predict what your image might mean or say to you. And anyway, it doesn't just mean or say one thing. Images can speak uh, multiple uh, meanings. So, But I do, in, in aesthetic analysis, we do look very carefully at what is there, because sometimes people create things, Barbara, that they don't even see. <laughs> you know, oh, exactly. Be, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I point this out. Uh, oh, this this yellow thing, and a, a woman will go, Oh gosh, I didn't even know I put that yellow there. Um, <laughs> because we get in, we get into a zone when you were making your collage. Didn't you notice that you were kind of in a flow state, or did you get there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. So when exactly. you're in the flow state, when you're in the flow state, your hand is and I are making the decisions more than your thinking uh, executive function. Mm. You're kind of wow. going on what some people would call intuition. Yeah, this looks good next to that, and. I want more of this, and I think I'll take this part out. And so you're, you're, you're expressing your aesthetic knowing. So when we, when we finish a piece and we begin to look at it, uh, things are revealed. Relationships between different parts of a, let's stay with the example of a collage, between different parts of the collage and things that were in the picture that you picked it for the horse and you didn't notice that there was a little bird in the corner and now the bird becomes important. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I do. So we do look very carefully at what has emerged and, and then we uh, mine that uh, for what are the resources that this speaks of that you might be able to use in your life to move forward. Because people need to move forward. That's the direction of life. Life goes forward. And if we're stuck holding on to the past, then that is going to inhibit our growth. We can honor the past. I mean, you know, we take our past with us, of course. You can't just snip it away. But you can take what you need from it and still continue to flow forward toward your future. Okay. Hang on a second. Um, I have a I have an announcement I have to make first, and then we'll come back to to this. There's a couple of questions I definitely have. Uh, let's take a quick okay. moment to recognize one of our sponsors and partners. Women Lead Radio is brought to you by Connected Women of Influence 
and our partner, National University. National University is proud to be one of the largest private nonprofit universities founded in 1971. The National University mission is to provide accessible, achievable higher education to adult learners. Today, National University educates students from across the United States and around the globe with over 170,000 alumni worldwide. Thank you for your support, National University, and to all our sponsors and partners. And so now we're back to um, Dr. Judith Greer-Essex. And Judith, I just, you know, it just fascinates me. Now, you've been talking so much about the, the art aspect. My curiosity moves to how does this say in the dance aspect? Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, right now, uh, somatics is a very popular topic and embodiment, how our consciousness mm-hmm. is embodied within us. And so mm-hmm. when I say I'm doing dance, I don't always mean that people are up you know, moving around in large movements through space. I do mean that. And I help big, big teams of people uh, create uh, uh, dance in what is called community art. But uh, I partake of the dance element even when I have someone stand up and take the posture of, well, let me give you an example. So let's say you're having a, a difficult time with someone in your life. And I ask you to stand up and uh, take that posture. When you're with that person, how do you stand? How is your head? Where is your chest? You know, how does it feel in your body? And then I might ask you to change to how you would like to feel in your body. Mm. How would your body change? So that's not dance, but it's beginning, it's using the body as an expressive uh, instrument. Okay. Now, right? Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah. And so then we can extend that idea. You can move with any um, impetus. You can move with your uh, joy at the birth of a grandchild. That would have a certain movement. You can move with the grief of the loss of a loved one. That would look very different. You can move with the uh, anticipation and tentativeness of a new venture that you're going through. Do you see how these movements in your mind's eye, can you see how the posture, gesture, and movement of those incidences would be so different, right? Well, you have to be, you have to have quite a perspective for that as you're watching so many different people, let's say, in a group. Wow, yes. I, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, you do learn, I mean, as the practitioner and the professor, I'm just seeing hundreds of hours of this stuff. And when I'm doing that, when I'm doing that, believe me, I'm not doing anything else. It's a totally engrossing Activity. I'm not thinking about dinner. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not thinking about picking up the, you know, the dry cleaning. I'm totally engrossed and immersed in uh, what these people are doing. And and uh, and then of course after this, this is not a nonverbal experience. We move or paint or drum or whatever we're doing, and then we discuss it. 
Mm. You know, both mm. the both the the emotional aspect and what imagery might have come, and oh, you'd just be. It's just almost unbelievable what uh, <laughs> what can come out when people are given a safe space and permission, guidance at at how to contact their inner life. And we long for this, Barbara. This is so important. We can't just get up, get out of bed, drag the comb across our head, and go out and just uh, worky, worky, worky with no soul (laughs) nourishment. You know, we have to feel that we have integrity in our whole life, and this kind of work helps people do that. Connect with the inner yeah, and self and, a, and their greater purpose. Well, it isn't, you know, and it isn't always easy just to to go talk to a friend about it because, you know, you're you're talking about things that go deeper than just, you know, a conversation. Oh, I'm not happy right now. So, so that gets me to right. to to look at, you know, you you're also training um, professionals in how to use this yes, in their practices. Is that correct? That's right. Yes, that's right. I do. It seems to me that would that's give them I a do. whole new way. That would give them a whole new way of really helping people. Well, I bit. would say, yeah, yeah. I would say the most common comment uh, about this kind of working is how quickly it works. That, you know, you can sit in the chair and blah, 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 but the minute uh, you start to move or you start to let some paint flow or uh, something like that, you're right in it right now if you'll let yourself be. So uh, it really can uh, move people very, very quickly to their core issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. And, you know, it's done, it's not like primal scream therapy. It's done in a very gentle, even I might say sometimes playful <laughs> way. I, I don't want anyone to be overwhelmed or or flooded or embarrassed. We go, well, I go at the pace of the client. Mm-hmm. I go at the pace of the client. And some people are, in fact, ready to jump in both feet. But some people want to put a toe in And all of it is good. All of it is fine. All of it is acceptable. There's no wrong way to do it, really. Let me, let me kind of understand this. So if you're, if you're doing a class for, quote, these professionals, you're teaching yeah. them something, but are you also doing some of these activities? Oh, you, you have to. I'm, I'm really shocked that uh, some professional healers today don't have to do their own work anymore, um, that they can learn something <laughs> theoretically and apply it to somebody, and they've never done it. That, that's not the way at either the European Graduate School where I teach or at the Institute here in San Diego. Of course you have to do the thing because you have mm-hmm. to see, first of all, the variations in a class of right. 10, and my classes are small, we look around and see, oh, my gosh, you did that, and I did this, and wow, look what she did, blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. um, you've got to be able to feel that in yourself. So sometimes gotcha. it's tender. 
experiencing it helps you then recognize it in others as it did for me at the at the collage thing well just a quick quick understanding you mentioned the uh, European graduate school I know you go yeah. there once a year to teach um, and right. what you're using in expressive at the expressive arts Institute or is it something something bigger than that I know it's a, oh, yeah. it's a worldwide network Yes, it, it uh, my institute here in San Diego is a member of the International Expressive Arts Therapy Training uh, Centers. And there are, mm-hmm. ma, 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 I'm going to say 25 of us from Hong Kong to Peru to Vancouver, la, 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 really all over the world. Um, and so... I teach at the European Graduate School, and my program meets their standards so that students who study with me can go there and get their master's degree without having to live three years in Europe. They can stay in San Diego and study and go to EGS, European Graduate School, in the summer. Now, the other thing that might interest you, I don't know, is that we also meet the standards of the International Expressive Arts Therapy Association, who sets standards for such training as mine, and will then um, uh, register the graduates when they have met certain um, other um, uh, requirements for the standard Mm -hmm. of registration. So I'm I'm between these two bodies meeting both of their (laughs) Requirements. Okay. Before before yeah. we get too close to the end, would you share with our listeners um, how they might reach you, um, your phone number or your um, uh, email address? Sure, sure. My email is Judith, J-U-D-I-T-H, even though I go by my middle name Greer often, uh, Judith at Arts for Change. That's A-R-T-S the number four, C-H-A-N-G-E dot com, Judith at arts for dot com. And the number is 619-239-1713. And that would be answered by my ad- admin assistant, Tara. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, my website, mm-hmm. my website is expressiveartsinstitute.org. Arts in- all right. Well, you know, it's it's really been just even researching, trying to figure out what expressive arts is all about, Judith Greer. It's amazing to me, you know, what you help people bring out. And so, um, you know, we started with let's let go and move forward. I think this is this is kind of the expression you you had mentioned to me. Uh, recently about fostering the good life. How would you like to wrap up yeah. with, with how to how to integrate this to to have that good life? Well, um, <laughs> let's, let's do another show, Barbara. Um, I think <laughs> that <laughs> I, I think that people need to really look at their life, whether by journaling or maybe in a conversation, but in a real soul-searching kind of way, and see where are they satisfied and where would they like to see a change. 
if you wow. can if you can if you can imagine it uh your your imagination and your art will show you the way i mean that's that's what i that's how i make my living helping people do that <laughs> and i think yeah. i think so, so many people have gotten stuck in the doing you know the the uh linear way of of having to work these days that that uh, that part of us just doesn't get connected enough I agree. I totally agree. And you have to look at when and where and how are you deeply satisfied because life is fleeting. You only get one chance. And how do you want to spend your day? We all have to pay the mortgage, you know. Uh, we all have to do that. But uh, but how else would you like to live? Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, that was, you know, I came away with that from the, from the vision board thing, I looked at mine and I, as I woke up this morning and I went, you know, I just didn't do enough, big enough to really express what I want my life to be. You know, it was, it was really an awakening. So, so just connecting with you on this just made it real. Yeah. Very interesting. I'm glad. (laughs) Oh, well. Good. Anything, anything you want to wrap up with? Because I have to wrap up here. Okay. Um, well, I guess the main thing I would say, Barbara, is thank you so much for thinking uh, of me for your show here. What an exciting um, thing that is. And, um, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity okay. to talk about my work. Okay. Well, that's our show for today. I'd like to say thank you, obviously, to Judith Greer Essex here for being our leading lady, all our listeners, both in the United States and internationally, as we are an international show. Uh, We'll be back again uh, next Monday, and so it's my sincere pleasure to be your host. Remember, go out and make it a wonderful, profitable day. Have a good one. Bye. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.